We heard from the college football playoff committee for the first time, and they disrespected the Big Ten by only putting one team in the top four. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, the first college football playoff rankings are out. Ohio State is in. Michigan State would not be if the playoffs started today. We're going to start off our show with that. But first, today's show is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchups on Sling TV. The Big Ten Network is available on Sling TV. And with all the streaming services out there, Sling is the lowest one starting at $35 per month. Head on over to Sling, the TV you love, for the price you'll love. Try it today. All right, let's talk about these rankings. The Big Ten gets four teams into the initial college football playoff rankings. Illinois comes in at number 16. Penn State is 15. Michigan's at 5. And Ohio State comes in at 2. This could have, and this is a long way away, and the situations in which the Big Ten gets two teams in, this may be just like one small sliver of that pie that got eliminated. But this may have just killed the chances of getting a second team into the college football playoff out of this conference. Because if this committee thinks that Clemson is better than Michigan right now, then I don't see a way where a one-loss Michigan team in any situation gets into the college football playoff. Because Michigan should not be below Clemson at this point. Given the games that they've played, given how well they've beaten those teams, Michigan's played the fourth best football out of anyone in the country this year. Clemson is a team that's been consistently struggling, not just a team that's had a couple of slip-ups. They've let Syracuse run with them. Wake Forest ran with them. There's been other teams who have played Clemson close. The only team that put Michigan within single digits, I think they said it was on the announcement show, was the Maryland game. And that Maryland team is close to being a top 25 team now blew out Penn State, blew out everybody else that's been in their way so far. Michigan should be the number four team in this college football playoff right now. Kirk Herbstreet cited on the selection show the non-conference schedule. Clemson's non-conference teams. Furman, Louisiana Tech. They play South Carolina in the last week of the season. That's why there's no third one right now. What non-conference schedule is that? The Big Ten is better than the ACC. The Michigan Wolverines have played better football than the Clemson Tigers. All of it points to Michigan should be the higher-ranked team out of those two teams, at the very, very least. I was somewhat concerned about like a TCU jumping in, potentially. I didn't really think that was a possibility. Alabama, could they get in? We don't know. Point being, Michigan, at this point right now, should be higher than Clemson. If Michigan wins, they're going to be in, of course. But as it stands at this moment, if the committee thinks that Clemson's over Michigan right now, then what other than beating Ohio State gets you over the Tigers unless the Tigers slip up? And maybe even more importantly, say we're at a situation where there's one-loss teams at the very end between these two. If either Michigan loses to Ohio State or loses in Indianapolis, or if Clemson loses on the way to or in the ACC title game. Then you've got two one-loss teams who are going to have similar resumes, 
one of them possibly with a conference championship, but a conference that has not been the same conference championship we've seen before. And there's a whole lot more questions around Clemson too. What this says to me is that at least right now, if Clemson's better than Michigan, if we get to that point where those two teams are both at one loss at the end of the season, Clemson, I think, gets in over Michigan. The Wolverines needed to be number four in this ballot to be able to have a chance to get in as a one-loss team. The Buckeyes, a little bit of a different story, of course. But if Michigan was going to get in here with the way that things are set up right now, the number of undefeated teams and the teams in the SEC who still have to battle it out with each other, if there was going to be a chance for Michigan to get in as a one-loss team, I thought it was going to have to be by starting out up top and then having the precedent set of, hey, Michigan's at number four. Right now they're saying, no, Clemson's better, and it's just not true. The Michigan Wolverines have been the better football team so far up to this point in the season. They're going to, of course, have the chance to get into the top four. And there are, what it maybe, I think it's like six or seven teams who guaranteed to to control their own destiny. If Michigan ends up not getting into this college football playoff because Clemson does as a one-loss team over Michigan, if it's because they win the ACC championship, that's one thing. But if it's just both these teams sitting there with one loss and Clemson gets in, that's not right. It's just incorrect. Not right as in morally not right. I'm saying just statistically incorrect and with what we've seen on the field, not correct. Because Clemson hasn't been that great. They're undefeated, but they don't have the kind of big wins that Michigan has. And they don't really have all that many big big in size margin wins too. Nobody in the ACC is all that great this season, aside from Clemson. Yes, maybe there's a little bit more depth in the Atlantic division, but if it's going to be Clemson against North Carolina in that ACC title game, I guess I guess if North Carolina keeps winning, they're going to be up close to the top 10 by the time that happens, but I don't think anybody's thinking that that team's going to be, well, Michigan and Ohio State's going to have to play somebody in the Big Ten West, so maybe that argument's not too great when you compare it, but just on its own. I don't think anyone's thinking that North Carolina is that great of a football team to get over for that title. So I know the college football playoff committee respects the conference titles in that way. So if Clemson wins it, they have that bargaining chip over Michigan. But if the situation happens where both these teams are at one loss and the other teams around them do what they need to to fall back, I'd be very interested to see why at that point you would put Clemson over Michigan. Because as it stands right now, I think, at least in the committee's eyes, obviously in the committee's eyes, they think that Clemson is legitimately the better team in what they've done so far. If you want to think Clemson's just a better football team, that's fine. But that's not what the college football playoff committee is supposed to do. They're supposed to rank based on what we've seen so far. And Michigan has showed us more than Clemson has. We're going to talk more, of course, about the college football playoff throughout the rest of the season. We're going to get Jay, or Jay Stevens and Isaiah Hole on here on the show at some point again soon to go over what they think about these rankings. That's all going to be coming up, of course, later on at some point soon in Locked On Big Ten. Coming up in a minute, college basketball is getting started. 
Exhibition games are happening across the Big Ten, started up over the weekend, continuing through this week as we get ready for tip-off. And I've got for you the things that you should be looking out for specifically in these exhibition games that don't count. Because even compared to the games at the start of the season that you'll have against the no-name schools, I feel like these ones are just a little bit different even still in how the coaches handle things. We'll talk to that in just a minute on Locked On Big Ten. Before we get into that, though, as everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks. But when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. Right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving away 40% off for our listeners it, on their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home, best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News. If you use it, you love it. It keeps your home secure. Your home is obviously important to you. It's everything that you have and hold valuable is likely in there. So if you want to keep it safe, you want Simply Safe out there on the job. Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. All right, so we've got exhibition games, and I debated whether I want to put a whole segment together on this or not, and to be fair, this won't be the longest of segments that we have. But in these exhibition games, I feel like you're getting something that's a little bit different, even as I mentioned, than those first games that do count, and even a little bit different than what we see at, say, the beginning of the football season when you have those non-conference games against warm-up opponents. This is a little bit different in how things work. So when you're watching these games, what should you be looking out for if you're a fan? Because if you're a hardcore fan, you're watching these exhibition games against these donated teams. By the way, a lot of them are available to watch on TV at Big Ten Plus if you're a subscriber. We'll talk more in just a second about the games going on there. Right now at these exhibition games, though, I think the biggest thing to remember that in a lot of ways, it is pretty much just like those early football games against the nobody schools. You're just really trying to feel things out, try to get into what exactly you need to work on at the start of the season. I don't even know if you're like trying to figure out that many big, big picture things just yet. I feel like this is a fine-tuning kind of opportunity, these first exhibition matchups. You can work through the big pictures throughout the course of the season, throughout the course of your practice leading up to the season. This is game time, game situations, and I think coaches have a chance to experiment here. They have a chance to test things out, and they do things maybe a little bit differently and see what works with these uh, new players, old players, and everything else. So specifics on what to watch for, of course, if your school has like position battles, playing time battles to get into, that is the kind of stuff where you can see it happening here. Think of it as like a preseason NFL football game where there's guys who have to make the cut. There's guys fighting for playoff or play in playing time here. There's guys who are looking to become starters, become superstars this season with their team. And they'll be using these kind of games as that audition against whoever it may be that they're going at on their team. So that's just obvi an obvious thing to look out for. Other things real quick. The biggest thing is probably the freshmen, the transfers, the new players out there. But particularly the freshmen. Because the freshmen run college basketball. This isn't a secret. I'm not trying to teach you anything with that. But the point is, that's why it's different than the start of the football season. Because, well, in football, maybe you're getting guys who are getting in their first real, real game time. It's likely that if you're on an elite team and you're not some sort of superstar skill position recruit, 
there's a good chance that you're not playing in the game all that much when you first start out, but you're there. You're on the team. You're getting acclimated to things. By the time you get on the field, odds are you've been on campus for like a year at least and have learned everything that you need to know about how things work with the program before you're out there. These are freshmen who are, as we speak now in November, two weeks, two months into their college's career, college careers. Yeah, obviously, it's a little bit different with when the basketball players get there, but as far as what a basket or what a college year is with students and everything else, they're two months into being on campus. So even if you were counting the however many five, six months that they may have been working with the team at times, at least with where they are with comfortability with everything, it's a little bit different. But the point being is what we're getting on the court is that the freshmen rule college basketball. So you need to know who's going to be doing what when that happens. You're talking about guys like Jalen Hood-Shafino, Malik Renault of Indiana, Sky Clark at Illinois, Terrace Reed and Jet Howard at Michigan, Roddy Gale Jr. and Bruce Thornton at Ohio State. These are all top 50 recruits who are coming into the Big Ten this season. And we have no idea what their role is going to be on this team. So I think when you're looking at these games, and this is an important clarification to make, don't really even look at how much they're playing, I would say, with those guys in particular. If there's guys that are battling for a position that have been there for a little bit, that's something where it's like, okay, who's getting more time right now? Who's getting the run and who's coach actually wanting to see more from? With the freshmen, maybe they're just trying to get acclimated to things or something else, but the point is that If they play a little bit less in these exhibition games, I don't think that's a coach saying that they don't want their guys out there. I think it's just saying, hey, they're still getting used to things. In fact, I mean, I'd argue that you play the freshmen more during these early exhibition games so that they can get used to things. So maybe don't take the playing time itself all that heavily, but in the way that they're being used, that's what you need to pay attention to. I mean, guys like, again, Hood, Shafino, and Renault in Indiana. Those are, in one case, a five-star and a four-star recruit who are stepping into a team that was already pretty good. And they're obviously going to have a lot of time out there on the court, but how exactly they get used is yet to be known. So this is our first look to see that. And while coaches may be experimenting and testing things out a little bit more with somewhere else, I feel like when you're testing things out with the freshmen, you really are trying to see, okay, I want to do this. Let's see if it works. When you're testing out everything else, I feel like it's kind of like, eh, let's try some things. Let's get things going. It's an exhibition game. Let's see if we can find some sort of needle in a haystack here, diamond in the rough, and find something that we can really use to our advantage this season. With a freshman, I feel like you, one, get more attention paid that way with how you're being used initially, and also a coach pays more attention to specifically how you're doing with it just because you're an unknown commodity right now and you don't know quite yet what you can do on a college basketball court. So while coaches are looking for that, it's what you need to be looking for too. I think that that's maybe the biggest takeaway from talking about this, is that you're in these exhibition games as a fan, really going in, looking at, and looking for, or should be, the same things as the coaches are. Who are the new guys? How are they looking? What can we do as a team with them? Because these coaches, and you, You already know the players who have been there. This is your chance to get to know the new guys before the games that actually count and get an idea, at least, of where a coach may be thinking that they could go with them. 
that's at least my thoughts on things. It's again, not, not a huge, huge thing to go over. We actually have, uh, we're recording this shortly after the college football playoff came out to kind of go over and go over that stuff. But we had big 10 player teams playing right now, as we went in Michigan state was playing against grand Valley state. It was only up by two 42 to 40 in the second half. Michigan state was down at halftime in that game. So we'll see how that one ends up. And also Ohio state was handily beating Chaminade in their exhibition matchup. More coming up tomorrow, of course. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's Locked On Big Ten. As we wrap things up on the show, we're going to get into all the other news from around the Big Ten. More Michigan State players have been suspended. Another call out from Jim Harbaugh on what should happen with those Michigan State players. That's going to come up here on Locked On Big Ten in just a minute. Before we get to that, though, These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for you and your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. It's a spot that you can go post your job and find the great candidate right away. It's the biggest professional social network out there. I got my job talking to people on LinkedIn, and now LinkedIn has the actual platform out there. They've had it for a while, but they have this platform out there for you to go and get it into the system and get someone for your open position. So head on over to linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Absolutely free. It's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Wrapping things up, a couple of things to get to here before we go. And it all involves the brawl between Michigan and Michigan State, if you want to call it a brawl, I don't know what the right word is, in the tunnel after the game on Saturday. First one, Michigan State has suspended four more players. It's Malcolm Jones, Justin White, Jacoby Windman, and Brandon Wright. I don't know what happened between yesterday and today to make that decision and why it wasn't made yesterday, but I'm not going to look too much into that. This is kind of a mess, and for it to continue to be messy, I don't I, I don't kind of find that unbelievable, and I don't think you, it's really smart for me to disagree with suspending the players in that incident. Also, Jim Harbaugh had words to say. He says, I believe it was early yesterday at some point, but anyway, he said in his time that he thinks there should be criminal car- charges coming to Michigan State players here, some sort of assault charge or something like that, and I think the reason why this, I, I mean, I guess an example, a, a perfect kind of example of why this is more serious than things we've seen before is because he's not getting laughed off the stage for saying that. I mean, we've had guys who throw punches before on the field. We've had guys get into fights off the field on the sidelines or anything like that in the tunnel before. But if a coach had and coaches have gone out and said that's assault out there that we've laughed at him like no 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 that's that's football that they're playing they're aggressive it's an aggressive sport no people shouldn't be throwing punches at people but as far as flag ejection fine i think that's okay criminal charges was never fi- fine if you're in the pros of course uh, criminal charges was never really something that was taken all that seriously because I don't think we had had too many incidents that had been all that serious. There are people who are saying there's no way these guys are going to get charged with anything, and I I don't know if they're going to get charged with anything or not, but the idea that people aren't absolutely laughing at Jim Harbaugh right now in the same way they have with others, 
I think is just kind of a sentiment to exactly how serious this was and how unprecedented this was. Because I was thinking about it after he said assault in the post game, and I was like, that's something where if it's not as serious, and we've seen it be not as serious, that's right away on Twitter and everywhere. Just everybody absolutely roasting Jim Harbaugh. And he's getting some of that, but it's not as much as I think you would get if this wasn't quite as serious as it is so obviously starting to become. And it's not going away yet. I mean, we're now on Tuesday after the Saturday incident, and people are still talking about it and still getting suspended. It's more than just talk. Action is still happening. I don't think the action is done quite yet. Scores around the Big Ten, a couple of basketball scrimmages from yesterday, not scrimmages, exhibitions. They played an actual game with 40 minutes. Ohio State played yesterday against Notre Dame College. It was a blowout, 118-33 to the final score. And Iowa hosted Truman, final score 118-72 to in that matchup. That was the look at everything around the Big Ten here today. College football playoff rankings just despicable and what they did to Michigan. We're going to talk to our hosts about those rankings at some point, hopefully later on this week, and we got another football week to get into as we get closer and closer to the weekend. Until then, follow us on Twitter, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Locked On Big Ten, one zero not T-E-N. And follow me on Twitter, too, at NateWithSports. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked On Big Ten.